Hello and welcome back to another episode of Going Through the Motions with me, Callum. And me, Alex. How's it going, guys? The podcasting equivalent of coming second place in a crab marathon. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> hang on. Pinch let's di- the... let's let's dissect that. There's Let... a there's a pun in here somewhere. Pin- pinch you to the post. They've got to do it sideways, don't they? Kind Actually, of. I'm to right. do a whole thing sideways. Okay, okay, okay. There's a couple okay, of things to unpack here. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, that's fine. Number one, are these humans racing mm-hmm. as crabs? Mm-hmm. So in like crab formation or no, 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 crab marathon, Alex. Are they, so these are crabs doing mm-hmm. a marathon. Crab marathon, Alex. Crab marathon. No, but I just, I just need, I just need the detail. Right? Oh, okay. I, okay. I need so the detail. Me... Are they, are they crabs okay. doing yeah. a marathon, or is it like just humans doing a oh. crab race and they're calling oh. it like a marathon? I see what Do you you're know saying. what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's a crab marathon. Right. I, 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 I get your point. Yeah. yeah. I, I hear you. I hear okay. you. What I'm looking for, okay, okay. what I'm looking yeah. for is yeah. like I'm, I'm just here. a little I'm bit of the logistics, help. a little bit okay. of the logistics. Are yeah, these, are these shoot crabs me. coming yeah. in to do a full marathon? Ah, I see so what the you're saying. Are these humans <laughs> yeah. acting like crabs? Yeah. Either, the either yeah, doing yeah, yeah. a race, either doing Good. like yeah, a yeah. race, to, totally, or, yeah. Or, yeah. A, or or a marathon, other, a real yeah, marathon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? So what I mean is more like crab marathon. Oh, I see. Cool. And you... <laughs> <laughs> How have you been? This is good. Oh yeah, good. Okay. You're you're um you're you're looking a bit more tolerant this morning, which is good because I'm in a very annoying mood. Tolerant. So, really? you know, so this is going to work really well. Mate, today. Anyone who anyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm a hundred percent tolerant a hundred percent of the time. You bring it on yourself, mate. You bring it on yeah, yourself. You, you allow it to happen. You allow the shenanigans to become part of your life. Yeah. Shall I tell you you're what I did the... yesterday? Did you take a running jump? at a wheelbarrow no i didn't do that no I didn't do that. I, i've done that you, before and I've, yeah. clear, and I've cleared it every time did you try and sell sardines uh with no trousers on in leicester square no i didn't do that no did you um did you try and climb up an incredibly large rock while singing um gypsy queen no as far as i'm aware there are none of those there sort are of things. no very large rocks in the center of london unfortunately no worries were you running around trying to give tattoos to children? Nah, I didn't do Again. that. Again. You've done that. Done that. <laughs> once, <laughs> I, one, once I've done that once, I kind of put that. No, yeah, exactly. I don't, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't feel the need to do that again. Yeah, exactly. And with you, you can just sit on them. Yeah. You're over, you can overpower them Absolutely. and get it right on their back. And the good thing about a tattoo on a child's back is that they can't see it. <laughs> yeah. So I've had a, I've had a quite a busy couple of days. I've had quite a busy couple of days. Uh, another orchestral project. <laughs> Oh yeah. Uh, this time with a orchestra in London who are working their way through all of Beethoven's symphonies. So for okay. those who don't know, there are nine symphonies, and in this one week we did one through eight, and I was playing nearly there. Then uh, almost there, almost there. <laughs> there. The reason we can't do nine, the reason big, we big can't, one, isn't it? It's the big one with the choir, and you're not allowed yeah. to sing in uh, sing indoors yet. That's one of the restrictions uh, that get still, off yeah but, uh, yeah people aren't allowed to sing inside a, at the these moment. restrictions and, and yet and yet wembley is allowed to fill to 75 percent capacity there was a lot of but, singing there know. was a lot of singing it's coming home wasn't there yeah absolutely that is bananas isn't it isn't it absolutely nutty but, but you know less said about that the better but anyway they did one through eight this week i played in half of those concerts um five 
five through eight. I did the latter four, mm. uh, which is great. Very very tiring. Two nights in a row, two symphonies in each, two symphonies in each concert is great. But after the first night, I was pretty tired. Have, you, have you done what these I before? Do, is this the first time you've ever done Beethoven's five through eight? No, I've played. I've I've played all these. I've played all these pieces before, okay. but it is quite special to play all of them. Orchestra. All of them as its own project, because usually right. you'd have like a varied program of oh, some I like see, other composers yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But to actually have a dedicated project with one orchestra that's working its way through the whole catalogue of Beethoven yeah. symphonies yeah. is really quite cool. It's and like a sort of Harry Potter marathon sort of vibe, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's, kind of, just, it's yeah, kind of like cool. any, any yeah. sort of movie marathon. Yeah. It's, it's quite fun. But you've but, joined at Goblet of Fire, haven't you? Oh, yeah. I joined a, I joined a Goblet of Fire. <laughs> and then so, Yeah, you know, the exciting stuff. Yeah, the angsty stuff. Yeah, the kitty shit for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, oh god, people are gonna. I'm gonna have to loop that that one. I I just called the early Beethoven symphonies kitty, and people. Yeah, yeah, they are. It's when he starts to get broody in those later ones, isn't it? Oh, you're you're not wrong. You're not you're not wrong, buddy, angsty prick. Anyway, I decided on the second day that I wasn't going to do any practice because usually what I do because my work day usually starts with afternoon rehearsal and evening concert so usually i do like, you, your work that usually practice. starts in the afternoon well, yeah <laughs> yeah oh of course yeah that would make sense i suppose if you're doing it in the evenings well, yeah. yeah i'm doing it, yeah. doing it in the evening so my day starts a little bit later and then for the second day i knew i had another rehearsal and concert coming up and i said you know i'm not going to do any of my personal practice today mm. and so i was left with the option of <laughs> sitting on my arse doing hee-haw mm-hmm. for for the morning slash, you're good at that slash early afternoon i am good at that to be fair yeah. but i've done yeah. plenty of that and i wanted to get out of the flat got so, a lot of practice <laughs> and so i was like oh, what could i do what could i do what could i do what could i do and i realized that the rehearsal venue and concert venue of where i was performing was uh st john's waterloo do you know that big church at waterloo? yeah yes 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 yeah so that's that's where we were do you know what okay can you think what's right outside st john's waterloo like literally right outside it is it um wet and wild theme park it's not it's better than no. that um is it, massive, better than is it a <laughs> massive is is it a massive multi-layer go-kart track no it's not and i'm just going to nip this in the bud before we go any further it's the bfi imax what's the oh okay nice the nice. bfi imax now, what did you go and could see could you possibly hazard a guess at what kind of movie i would choose to go and see at 11 o'clock in the morning before a rehearsal and concert day in a bfi imax did you go and see a scary? I didn't go and see a scary. Did no. you go and see Spiral? No, I didn't. Because <laughs> I was there. I was watching you. Were you were watching me. No. I don't know. Did you? What did you go and see? I went to see Fast and Furious Nine. Did you really? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh, you fucking menace! You, you literally—that—that that would have been nice. That—that's—that's that's nice. I've heard it's. Uh, we did this last week, didn't we? Oh, it's. I've heard utter it's a bit much. Nonsense. I've heard it's it a bit is much, isn't utter... it? Yeah. And you know, I, I have kind of championed these movies a little bit because they are good at being what they are and mm. they do have a place mm. you know in the stars in the, in, in, yeah exactly in the, in the zeitgeist and then like just these types of movies and they're good in their own way and you don't have to take them too seriously but this movie <laughs> took the absolute piss and I, I really enjoyed the experience number one because there was me and mm-hmm. one and and a couple, oh, in the very whole nice. IMAX Menage a Trois. <laughs> I, I, there were a few rows in front of me. There were a few rows in front of me, but there was nobody else there. It was absolutely dead, and I and I felt. I bet at they ease still enough. made a noise though. 
No, they didn't. The no, they would. They would have if you were there, Cal. Because yeah. people can sense that you need <laughs> yeah. to be annoyed. Oh, they are so annoying. But I, I was able to react in the way I wanted to, based on what was coming at me off the screen, which was <laughs> utter ridiculousness. Like when somebody had a really cheesy one-liner, or when Vin Diesel, who's supposedly supposed to be a normal bloke in these movies, he's indestructible. Got, he's he's got. He's got like 12 guys, 12 military trained guys on top of him trying to beat him down. And he still finds the strength, one, to stay standing up and two, to pull on some chains and bring a ceiling down on top of them. Okay. And and I see something like that and it's supposed to be a dramatic moment. And usually, usually in cinema, I'd be respectful of my fellow cinema goers, but no. Here, I was just like... <laughs> That's ridiculous. I'm just, yeah. I'm just laughing through it. And then they send a car into space. Yeah. Utterly ridiculous. Yeah. Utterly ridiculous. And when they get up into space, spoilers for anyone. Yeah. yeah. When they get up into space. It's in the trailer though, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but it's the it's the whole plot surrounding it. That you see them go into space, but mm. when they get out of space, they have to destroy this satellite and they're supposed to do it with a bunch of magnets, but then when they get up there, they're like, Oh, the the magnets low, don't work. The, the low temperatures oh. and the magnets don't work, and blah 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 blah. Bloody broken and, magnets. And then God they, damn it. And then because the scientist guy, the scientist, <laughs> the scientist guy, you know guy. they've got. You said the magnets would work. I thought they would work. Exactly. That, that, that's, that's absolutely. How, that Throws them across down. the desk. And then and then the driving guy, because they, they have the scientist guy and the driving guy. You this, guys are on your two, own in this in this two seater car in space yeah. with rockets yeah, on yeah. it. He's like, well, why don't we just drive into it? Do they say? Do they look? Why, why we should just... do this the old-fashioned way. No, no, no. It's better than that. And okay. he goes, he goes, Tej, you're the you're the numbers guy because Tej is like, oh, He's we can't do it. Guy, it's done. Yeah. You're the numbers guy, and he was like, I was going to destroy the satellite with magnets. That. I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy guy. I'm gonna destroy the satellite with magnets. No bother at all. But they can't do it, and they're like, well, what do we do? We can't. Um, and the driving guy's like, why don't we just run it over? <laughs> why don't we? Mm. <laughs> and it's the it's the image of the rockets attached to this car, which, by the way, is like a two seater coupe. It's ridiculous. Right. Okay. Yeah, I've seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, so it looks like a bit like the DeLorean from the second it, Back to the Future. It look. It genuinely looks like they tried to get something the shape of a DeLorean that wasn't a DeLorean because right. I don't yeah, think yeah. they would be allowed to use a DeLorean. Do you think they were trying to do it to be like we want something? That's going to be pretty iconic. That everyone's going to want as the the merchandise. Because obviously know, the, the DeLorean was a big I merchandise know, pool. But anyway, the driving the, the driving goes. Tell you, you're the numbers guy. This is me. I'm the driving guy. This nice. guy's never been this big. He's like he just takes nice. the wheel and everything's hooked up properly to the accelerator. That's the sort of just the that's the sort of conversation. Like that. That's the sort of conversation that two toddlers in a Fisher Price car have in the back of someone's garden have. I like numbers, Genuinely. and I like to put, go fast in my broom room. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, yeah, they just drive through a satellite and That's then good. survive. That's great. It's great. That's great. Oh, well, I'm going to have to watch this film. Yeah, utter, um, utter nonsense. And they, they tried to justify the ridiculousness, because obviously this is the ninth film in the series, by having this running joke where, I can't remember the names of the bloody characters, but one of them basically goes, like, have you not noticed that we've done all this insane shit and nobody has a scratch on them? And they And they bring this up like four or five times in the movie and he's like maybe we're indestructible maybe we're spe maybe we're special and something like that and then the first time it's played a joke he's like or maybe you're a dumbass yeah like got but, him but, <laughs> there, but there's genuinely a scene where this guy's where he's wearing a bulletproof vest and like 14 guys with ak-47s just let yeah. rip on him in the middle yeah. of the room he comes out completely unscathed but with yeah. loads of bullet holes just at perf perfectly placed on his onto the on chest. His jacket. Yeah, yeah. It's utter nonsense. They don't hurt either. Even when you get shot with a bullet, 
wearing a bulletproof vest, it doesn't hurt either. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's no bruising or anything, which no, is great. Nothing. So that's uh, oh mate, I, I I just can't, man. I just can't. <laughs> you know I can't. You know I don't. I, and I don't have to. No, you absolutely <laughs> don't have thing. to. You that's don't have to. I was thinking about this because I think a few months ago I was I was I was possibly trying to work out a good way to make you see these, but I don't think I want to anymore. It's just it's, it's too, just much too much. Effort. They're too much. And honestly, yeah. you'd be too much of a dick to be honest. But there's but there's too much. But I just don't. You just don't, I just don't have the time. <laughs> Like, as I say, like I'm rewatching Doctor Who now. So as if I've got the time for yeah, that, then exactly, I've got the time. Exactly. exactly. But of course, we are not a Fast and Furious 9 podcast as much as Alex wants us to be. We are, of course, a music and a movies podcast. And each week we take some of the most beautiful, new, fresh and fun family films and we talk about the music in them. And we I think talk you've about... used that one. What? Oh, we're not doing Soul. No, no, no. <laughs> we we talk about we talk about how wonderful the movies are, how absolutely magnificent the animation is. Because oh my god, I've got some notes on that. Nice. Uh, and some of the and some of the lovely subtleties as well that the movies bring. Because I think that there was some really interesting takes on a large part of this movie, and I was doing a lot of research on the back of it. And there's a lot of points, a lot of questions that I have. Of course, this week, Alex, we're doing Pixar's Luca. Yes, very See what much I did there. Looking forward just to this just one. mentioned it straight up the top. I'm like, not have not letting them have it this week. Yeah, I, I thought this was lovely. And I, I thought I it was to, lovely as well. And I, I had actually... to watch this in two chunks, unfortunately. Oh, that's, but you that's know, really least, upsetting. Yeah, yeah. You break yeah. my heart a little bit every time you tell yeah. me that. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I can't remember the last time I watched. The last time I watched a film from start to end was in the cinema. That's the reason why the cinema was so good, because I just yeah. started it and finished it. Because you're forced to. You're forced yeah, to. Yeah, you you're are forced, forced to. You're forced to make the time, yeah. and, and and it works, and it's good. You get the escapism. But yeah, Luca was wonderful. And I was actually very, very interested to hear your take on it, actually, because mm. I, I've heard a lot of, I wouldn't say serious grumblings, but I think a lot of people were left a little bit disappointed in this because it's in many ways it's just an it's just a nice movie mm. right all the themes and ideas and stuff are like laid bare mm. just there mm. um that don't require much digging and stuff like that and obviously the last thing that we got from pixar was soul which is the most existential yeah 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 uh life and death piece you can you can imagine which is you know the other part of the you know the Pixar formula is to ask those big questions. We got it in Inside Out and Soul and and Wall-E and uh, you know some very like adult themes and very ponderous things. And I feel like a lot of people expect that from Pixar. Now, but personally, I just really, really appreciated a well-told story and gorgeous mm. animation that was really, really heartfelt. And by the way, it still had a lot of really deep themes and ideas yeah to, to well i think the first it as well i just think, I think it f- wasn't as existential and yeah. philosophical as no as i think you're right there, i think there was a couple i think it was two major themes that i picked up on but outside of that and moving back towards just why people didn't like it for just having a nice good movie it's nice just to have a nice movie that's just there i think maybe a, a, a small part of audiences would have thought well come on pixar like pick pixar's films all cement themselves in history and to be able to cement themselves in history they have to bring something totally new to the table and so pixar have a have a 
I think Pixar fans almost feel they have a responsibility to bring something just totally game breaking yeah. to their new films so that they can they can continue their um, validation that Pixar are the number one. Yeah. And I think what I've read a couple of places is that this is like, this is the sort of thing DreamWorks do. This is the sort of thing that, you know, one of these other companies, you know, these other sort of companies, um, other animation studios will, will, will do because it's films that probably, you know, probably this one won't stand the test of time nearly as well as Soul will or as the Toy Story movies will, um, or even somewhere like, I think, Wally, you know, because Wally, we'd never seen anything like that, and it was asking some some pretty d- deep questions and yeah. asking you to think. Of some, some pretty, it's so inter- I think it's interesting. Can... I, I think, I really do think that if somebody placed, sat me down and watched this movie and I didn't know who made it and I didn't see who made it beforehand, I do genuinely think, though, that I would arrive at the conclusion that it was a Pixar movie. I don't yeah. think I really don't I really don't think I could see any other studio making it. Hmm. Yeah. Just again, just because of you know the the I the think I would I think you're right. There. Yeah. The themes are still there, but a lot of them don't really hit home until right at the end. Yeah. You know, a lot a lot of a lot of the deeper Pixar movies, the 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 questions are laid bare right at the right at the start mm. almost, and you're left pondering that through the movie which is which is incredibly engaging but here i feel like they waited until you know towards the end to yeah really, definitely to definitely really ha- hammer the points home but i think i would say at that point you'd go oh yeah this is this is a pixar movie and it's yeah. a really really lovely one as well yeah i think yeah i think actually you're up you're bang on specifically some of the dialogue in the last few scenes i was like ah i understand what that dialogue yeah. means um just some stuff at the start. We talked about the start. This is the one of the first times a Pixar movie has started. We have the Luxo lamp jumping on the screen, but we don't hear the sound effects because we were listening to some beautiful Italian music. Yeah. And I loved all the original music. And, I, and Alex, I'm, I'm going to apologize. I don't have all of the names of all the different pieces of music that were played that were all the, all the Italian music. But I did read somewhere that a lot of the music was original Italian composers. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and this was... should be the point where I jump in and say, oh, well, that was from this opera and that was from yeah, this yeah, opera, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to do that because I'm very, very sorry. I just don't know. No, we just don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. And the reason I don't know is because honestly, I'm not a huge fan of Italian opera. Is that not right? I'm not a huge fan of Italian v- opera. Virgin Tutu Amor? There, there's, there's, there's a little bit too oh, many. Madre bifontade, oh, Madre Pia, That's opera. The reason, the, re- the reason, I... Dolce Maria. <laughs> I'm gonna just keep singing. I'll tell you. Yes. Uh, Your mum taught me that. Uh, mozzarella. <laughs> uh, so, why don't you like Italian music, Alex? Right. No, no, no. Not Italian why do you music. hate Italian, all Italians? Italian why? Why do you opera. hate that? Come on to the podcast and explain yourself why you hate Italians and everything they stand for. It actually, it, it really, you love their food. It really does come from. Uh, a performance point of view for me mm. because I have played plenty of them. I have played mm. plenty of them, but operas as a violinist or any any of the orchestra musicians mm-hmm. is quite a tough job mm. because operas are really, really long. Symphony orchestra concerts are much, much, much shorter. Operas can be upwards of about three hours long, depend depending on the opera. And when you perform them, you're typically in a pit underneath the stage where it's mm-hmm. really, really hot. You still have to you still have to wear all black because 
you know you're in performance mode and also because you don't want to distract from what's going on stage so if you're not wearing black then you know you get seen and it distracts mm. and all of that and there's a lot and lot and there's a lot a lot a lot of playing and one of the things one of the typical things as a string player in italian opera that you find is that you get a lot of repetitive playing so for example in a second violin section in an italian opera you'd get a lot of which is something that you you would you actually would have heard in a lot of the tracks in luca and stuff like that and frankly when you have to play that play that for like three hours in various mm. different things you kind of can't be arsed it's not that music it, it's not that musically fulfilling here's and, a contentious thought for you oh yeah, is it you because go. is it because that in a lot of italian music and particularly throughout this score and dan romer who did a fantastic job of this i thought that the woodwind was you know typically in orchestra and or- orchestral pieces you've got the brass you've got the percussion you've got the woodwind you've got the strings yeah well everyone, done for naming every, them everyone knows that the strings are the everyone knows that the strings are the, the ones that you come to listen they're the ones that are really making all the Ooh, you know all the most contentious no no well, this is the point i'm trying to make so here's my contention that everyone but everyone kind of knows that the strings are the ones that are that are for a large part of the most famous classical pieces of music when everyone when you say hum back a piece of music do 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 it's the string sections that are doing that you know and as as one example of probably quite a few would you say from your example that you're doing the dum da da dum da the strings in a lot of italian music don't take center stage and maybe the woodwind takes the center stage for a large part of uh a large part of italian i would say that you've perfectly like encapsulated the structure of the score of luca I don't think that's the case for Italian opera because you basically mm. just basically just replace woodwind from your point with big warbly soprano and you've got your mm. a- and you've got your oh, answer I see, I see, and you've I got see. your answer and to to just finish off my point about why I don't like it is because of that repetitiveness you're basically just an accompaniment right you're an accompaniment to the singer this one, yeah, yeah 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 so you're an accompaniment to the singer and the reason I don't, th- there is a function for that, but the reason I don't like that versus something like Mozart opera, which is something that we discussed in quite a bit of length when we did Amadeus. Mm. And I think I made this point when we did that, was in Mozart's opera, which he wrote some Italian operas, and he, but he also wrote some German operas as well. But in every single one of his operas, the orchestra is a character in the story Mm. the orchestra comments on what's happening and really drives the drama and you can really engage with that as a player even Mm. though you're not seen on stage you can really still contribute to you know the entertainment and the drama of what's going on on stage and contribute to the story and really feel like you're a part of it with a lot of the italian more traditional italian operas you just, just following you just don't feel like you, you you just let your eyes glaze over and go on autopilot and go i wonder if i can play slowly to force this production into overtime so i can get more money that's genuinely what happens it's it's mental it really is mental but that that's kind of the reason why i don't really vibe with it so much and maybe why i don't really know I don't really recognize all of the mm. songs and areas and things like that. So apologies for that. No, it's not. Prob- I mean, I thought this was such a wonderful score, though. I mean, particularly there was some standout pieces of music. It's a long score as well for Dan Ro- Dan Romer's Luca. I mean, God, there's there's for 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 a short movie. There's thirty tracks, and it's an hour and four minutes. You know, for a movie that's 
what is it just it's just under two hours that's a lot of score it is a lot of score but here's here's a question though how much material do you think there was like original material because mm, I, I would argue i would argue that there's i think a lot actually ah see i don't think there's a huge i don't think there's a huge amount of original material in the score i think it's presented in lots and lots and lots of different ways and very very what, very what very clever by that? maybe I, what do you mean by that there's not there wasn't enough original oh so for example how many how in how many of those tracks mm-hmm. either as a percentage or a number it's up to you mm-hmm. did you hear the oh the take me gravity yeah 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 yeah. probably i would say out of 30 tracks at least five or six of them had that oh way more than that i would say way more way more i also i also at least half if not more but there was some but there was some standalone tracks i mean basic well i mean obviously so some of the tracks that had that silencio bruno uh the take me gravity that was one um well the opening this, the opening track meet how luca. you how you find the good ones was one that had that yeah meet luca that had it there but well, it's luca's theme i mean yes, that, yeah, that yeah, is yeah, luca's yeah, theme. yeah 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 but i but i also thought there was some standout tracks vesper yeah vesper Ali was i was going to say that as well but, but there was also some but there was also some other ones there like that's the dream that's the dream had a totally different theme that didn't yeah. have the same that didn't have the same one the, the piece of music that i thought was was awesome was um the sea monster i thought that was one of, i thought when that sequence happened it was a very short little sequence um but i thought that was quite short you know so i mean just to call it what it was it was the it was the sequence when uh, uh alberto was thrown into the water yeah and luca wasn't and he kind of comes out the mons the water and he kind of looks quite you know like to them maybe they're seems quite um like sinister and the piece of music that's playing is called the sea monster yeah and when and it's Obviously, it's the kind of piece that well, he's not. He's a, he looks like the monster, but the real monster is Luca for turning on his friend and Absolutely. actually being a monster. That was and, and such I, a good scene, though. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Such it was a good scene. Sorry, and we're was jumping so all over the place, well, but I loved that. It was bit. so I that was well presented. Yeah. It was so well presented as well because they didn't, they didn't really change how Alberto looked. They mm. basically changed his his stance and his expression, and then the lighting. Yeah, around, the lighting. The lighting yeah. around him, and you really, sure. really, and you really, really saw you really really saw like what people thought that they were afraid thought of they were, yeah, in yeah. that moment and i did actually see a little behind the scenes thing where there was going to be a version of the movie where there was another form that they took which was objectively much scarier like with sharp, oh, with, okay. with sharper teeth and yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. sharp and scarier scales and a much much more monster-like features. It almost sure. kind of looked like a, a Monsters Inc. sort of character design. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like the scary version, not the funny version. Mm. But I'm really, really glad that they decided not to do that because I mm. think it was much more powerful for us as the audience to see the character that we've gone through the movie with presented as an object of fear as opposed to him turning into something else. Mm, mm. and to make the fear a bit more kind of on the nose yeah i, I don't yeah, know definitely. i just thought it was much more effective doing it that way 
What did you What did you think about some of the acting as well? Some of the voice acting because I can still hear Jacob's Jacob Tremblay's little voice just shouting Alberto throughout this yeah. movie. He shouted it quite Silencio a lot. Silencio Bruno. Silencio Bruno. He kept saying it. I thought they were really quite charming. Actually, the wee boys. Yeah. I think that it was it was it was um, Jacob Tremblay and it was the the wee boy from Shazam and it. I forget his name. Um, oh, that's got a. You know the one I'm talking about? I the, do. the one he plays. Um, I'll try and find out of you. But yeah, the other one I thought was very good was Maya Rodolfo as well. I thought she was really good as the mum. And she's always, she's one of these actor, um, actors that's in everything. Yeah. But I think there was something about her in this as the mum, which I thought really was really entertaining. And I thought she looked, I thought her character design looked really, really great. I don't know if it was just, I mean, all the character design looks great, but I thought particularly the parents were quite interesting, especially the dad with a big mustache. Yeah. And then, and, and Maya Rodolfo with the massive, she had like the beautiful hair as well that swept back. I thought they were really interesting. I thought they it was really, really good. They were very interesting. I, I quite liked the uncle as well. Not oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was very, Jack Dylan Glazer was the, uh, the other wee boy. He was in it and, Oh yes, um, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, well, so that's but say? but the uncle, Shazam. but the uncle was played by oh, none seat, other the... by uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, wasn't he? Oh, I didn't know that. Wait, did you not? Did you not? No, oh. Uncle Ugo. Oh, that's Uncle so Ugo. funny. Sasha Baron Cohen. That's he's really the one with the see-through with the see-through. Ch- oh, that's I need to go back re- and watch that. Oh, you will, and you'll hear it immediately. I'll be honest. I kind of, I, I kind of heard his voice as soon as he started speaking. I was like, oh, I wasn't listening I wonder, for it. Oh, that sounds like Sasha Baron Cohen. I wonder. Really if it is. interesting. And I looked it up, and it, and it, and it was him. And I wonder if because he goes on these rambly sort of because he's he's a bit of a mental case. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That uncle, you know, he goes down to the deep, and he kind of just goes on this stream of consciousness sort of ramble about. Mm whale carcass in the mouth and he uh, and just he just keeps talking and talking and talking and i wonder if any of it was ad-libbed by sasha baron cohen and then, oh more likely and, yeah. then, and then animated after the animated fact. after yeah yeah that must have been, that must have happened they've done that for loads of different films yeah um the most the, the earliest example i remember doing that remember shark shark tale do you remember that one that was the kind of knockoff finding nemo oh it was that I was remember the same that time. movie yeah. so, so they, they did the, the same thing wash. that's the one yeah yeah car wash was in that one and they sang a lot of bob marley in it as well i think it was ziggy marley was in that one but the uh, will smith was doing a lot of ad lib and then they they animated it around what he was saying and oh, i think Robert okay, De Niro did the same good. thing so and renee's i'd be interested Wigger. to see that movie and see how it's held up over time because yeah that was an interesting one but but this is that's the thing is that in fact actually let me try and use that let me continue on that thought back to what you said earlier I think Shark Tale would have held up fine in the same way that I think Lucas is going to hold up fine yeah. because as you say it's just a movie it's just a nice movie with a very nice story some lovable characters I thought <clears throat> the, the so so I didn't know if they needed a villain or not but I thought the villain guy was brilliant i don't he know who was. played him was it was it was that the i don't know i don't know who it was but but i thought he was really quite funny you know the guy with the the golden catfish with the whiskers i thought that yeah. was really funny and yeah i liked it how he, he it was like you know you signed up you were 16 i said i was 16 last year i thought that was really quite funny as yeah, well and then the retort was like, oh this year it's true <laughs> this year it's true yeah 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 I, I just thought it was really really funny what did you what did you think of the whole vespa thing I, I loved the Vespa thing. Because, Did you? Yeah. I thought it was a little too on the nose. I thought it was a bit too overbearing. No, of... I thought it was instantly relatable because I feel like there are these iconic, there are these iconic products or iconic designs that encapsulate 
uh, an idea or a feeling or something like that. Mm, and I think, mm. you know, when you think Italian Riviera and, you know, going through that region, Vespa is one of the... It's either a Vespa or a Fiat 500. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They could have they, they could have done it with a Fiat 500, to be fair, yeah. but I think the Vespa is a much more kind of... It's a bit more romantic, romantic isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also from a, child, from a childlike perspective, do you not remember just being completely obsessed by, like... Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, there would be one thing. Yes, it was a BMW. It was a BMW DB5 for me. Because that was James Bond's car. Yeah, uh, yeah, the Aston Martins. Sorry, Aston Martin, pardon, not BMW. Yeah, Aston Aston Martin DB9, the DB5 for finger. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what? I really liked the Mazda MX-5. I thought it was lovely. I'm trying to think did i have any sort of like bikes or anything like this oh i mean i aircraft was always the one like concord oh my goodness i had concord well, exactly. i had loads get... of concord toys and, and you see harriers and, and you see post posters of them and models of them and then you and and you just think that's the best thing mm, ever mm. you just mm. think it's the best thing ever and i really remember those feelings with certain things and i really like being brought back to remember how i felt about certain things as a kid I think what was really good about it as well is that you could tell that Luca wasn't the the Vespa. It wasn't the Vespa that was interesting. It was the fact that Alberto loved the Vespa. That's what he loved. I think yeah. more. I think that's what he. You know, I think I think Luca was relatively ambivalent, but because this was Alberta's thing, he loved it. He just wanted to see his friend get this get this amazing thing that he's dreamed after dreamed of for so long. And I think that was it as I, much as anything I, else. That's interesting because I. I kind of disagree. I don't mm. think that's who Alberto was mm. in that. I don't think that he was... I, I don't think he saw the Vespa as anything more than having some fun. Right. I don't think he did because... But wasn't very, it very like quickly, for, for freedom? Wasn't it to give him that freedom to be able to go away and do what he wanted? I mean, that's what it meant to Luca, certainly. Well, he did He did want that. And they both were aligned in that idea of, you know, going for freedom and all that. But Luca was doing it in a way to find out about the world. He had a real kind of spark for adventure and discovery, which has developed much more throughout the movie. Mm. And Alberto was quite simply running away mm. and, you know, just wanted to be with his friend Luca. But I think that the imagination sparked by just an image or a design or the wonder of it, I think, was much more impactful for Luca because that was like the first one that really sparked it. You know, he sees a picture of a Vespa and he thinks it's the most incredible thing in the world. And Alberto's like, uh, uh yeah you're right i suppose but it's kind of fun and it'll let me like get away from this place Mm, yeah yeah do you i mean the so the first of the two themes i guess we could jump onto that before we do that i just wanted to to go back to a few to a few points that that i wanted to make up top did you hear about the controversy around this movie um and when it's release schedule well i heard that there was a little bit of controversy as to the decision to put it straight on Disney yeah, Plus as opposed yeah. to a cinema release. And I will be honest, that was one that interested me a fair bit as well yeah. because it kind of sends the impression that the studio doesn't necessarily have the faith in the mm, movie to do bo- yeah. to do box office numbers. But then yeah. I saw the argument that actually because they were forced to pu- push Soul 
onto onto Disney Plus because of pandemic reasons. Like they just w- couldn't release it in cinemas, even if they mm, wanted mm, to, because mm. there weren't any cinemas open in sure. the entire world at the time. What they saw when they what Disney saw when they released Soul was a huge, huge uptake in subscription. Yeah. Because it's a family, because it's a family movie, yeah, yeah, and yeah. for family movies, when you get, when you get one big release, but then you also get the back catalog of other fat of the, all the family movies in the world, mm. pre- pretty much, then you get a much bigger increase increase in long term subscriptions. To- totally, and yeah. so that's what I feel like they were basically. Well, that's doing all with it takes. Luca. But that's all it takes is that if you if you sign up someone for two months, for example, you've made double the amount of money from that one cinema ticket. But that's only per person. That's per household. Yeah. It's such a fickle algorithm, I would imagine. I just I can't imagine it's I wonder how highly tuned it really is to all the external factors of the pandemic. Like just just trying to work this stuff out has been so interesting. Yeah. It do, has. Do you, but, but here's a question for you. At any point, have you ever felt that the film or TV industry has ever been at risk this past year, year and a half? No, not really. So neither have I. And so these things, they kind of just all fall by the wayside, don't they? Yeah. Because what's the risk on us? Any of this stuff, the risk on us is maybe the next year because a film, previous films haven't made as much money, future films don't get as high a budget, quality of future films dips. But that isn't even a threat because as we've talked about countless times, some of the best movies ever made were on low budgets. Yeah, absolutely. And I just don't understand. So like, if you take a step back from this whole thing, it's like, what do we, what do we all work? I think, I think this has been a fantastic wake-up call for the industry as large. You know, the, the, it, it doesn't really matter. To, I mean, it doesn't really matter to us. It obviously matters to them. because it's, it, But it just turns it into it is all about money. Like they just don't. They're not really interested in making good, sustainable movies. It is just about money. And so I totally understand why people were upset that, you know, this didn't go to cinema because I think it, I think it was more to some executives. Having your movie, this was, a, you know, the director's debut film. This was a lot of people's first opportunity to write on a, a movie. And then to have this go to Disney Plus because they went, well, it's going to make a bit more money. Yeah. I think that's the real tragedy. Yeah. I think that's the real thing that's sad about this because there's no threat that the Disney is going to lose money on this, irrespective of where they do it. Yeah. So why don't just put it into the cinema? Yeah. It blows my mind. No, it, it really does. Blows and, my mind. And it is a very good point. And I think the biggest, the biggest sadness of it is for the artists involved in making it. Because yes, obviously you, yes. you want to see the product because... Of course. And... At the end of the day, if we're talking from an audience perspective, we still got a great movie. I, exactly. I don't I don't feel that the quality of the movie has been tampered with because of money and things, you know. Mm. You know, this isn't Warner Brothers. No, no, you're, you're right. You know you're I mean? right. Yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, I am very sympathetic to the artist for you know not having their work pre- well, that's presented say, on the big screen which is many, you know, what they all want but many pixar employees are upset at the movie to make the disney plus um, exclusive putting out the public statement that doing it with soul 2020 in the middle of the covid pandemic was understandable but doing it twice in a row even with the vaccine rollout ramping up and not even putting it behind a premium paywall like Raya and the Last Dragon yeah. started to give the impression that the studio isn't respected by Disney executives. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the Raya and the Last Dragon won 
thickens the plot, I think, because that was premium. Why didn't they make this a premium one? Yeah. It's It does boggle the mind. It really does. I mean, hey, we could... Uh, I think this. I think we're going to look back on the numbers of this one day when, when, when everyone, someone really has understood all this stuff, and the repercussions of this will just make no difference. Yeah. Like it'll just make no difference. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. Stick it in the fucking movie. Does it, co- it co- surely cost money to stick things distributed to to movie to cinemas though? Yeah. Of I mean, surely it does. that's sunk costs. They're they they're not. I wonder what that cost profile looks like if you make a movie. How much of the how much of the total budget? Is in that rollout to cinemas. You're thinking of making a lateral move to uh, yeah, yeah. to Hollywood production, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'll make a one pound movie so long as I can spend fifty thousand pounds on distributing it to cinemas for three months in the UK. Brilliant. <laughs> um, Jacob Tremblay's first time working on an animated feature because Ennio Carcio stated that working with him was such a pleasure, and I love how earnest and honest and natural he really was. And I and I, as I said, I think we made this point before. All of the all of the performances were very honest and they were very natural, and I think the dialogue reinforced some of the maybe the the the, the deeper themes of this movie. And I think we said it up top when we saw the first trailer. We thought, is this is this an LGBTQ movie? Is this is this this Disney Pixar? Are they really saying this is what this movie's about? Yeah. Do, do you think that's what they did no, in this I movie? No, I don't think so at all. No, they didn't. I don't. They didn't. I, I don't think so. Which isn't to say that. You know, you know the idea of shipping things. You know, mm-hmm. it's like I ship this relationship. You know that that kind of no, thing. What, I don't really do understand it. It basically means. So you know how Harry Potter's best example, right? Right. Okay. A, a lot of people fantasize that there's this like sexual tension and a possible relationship in another world between Hermione and Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Oh, okay. And people go, oh, I ship that relationship. As in, like, I it, that's like their head canon. Oh, got it. It's, got it's when it. you can, right. like, yeah, read yeah, yeah. something. I see what you're saying. Yes, 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 yes. You can yes, just yes, make yes. your own decisions about More what your own decision. happens yeah. and stuff yeah. like that. And I so, do quite so like the good, that. And I th- like, like what art's supposed to do sort of stuff. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah cool. exactly. Nice, nice, yeah. cool. 100%. <laughs> 100%. And uh, I think if you wanted to, you could definitely look at their relationship in that yeah totally through through totally. that lens of this is mm-hmm. a young uh a young relationship mm-hmm. uh, between two boys and it and it would be really really nice to do that i don't think no that, i don't think it was either i don't think that that's what it was no it was it was a friendship but i think the dialogue specifically just at the end of the race you know when the rain's falling and and there's someone there was a couple of lines that were said around they're monsters they're not like us yeah um and i and i just i was like that and there was a couple of pieces and then obviously the, the two old ladies who were there who've been amongst them forever there was another piece of dialogue that was backing up something that you know along that piece lines of what you're trying to do here is you're not trying to represent lgbtq people in movies you're trying to make a statement that it doesn't matter what people are, what they do, what they, you know, is so long as you just treat everyone the same, yeah. give everybody, give ev- you know, give everyone the same chance in life, give everyone the same time of day, don't, don't instantly look at them. And it didn't need to be, you know, movies have made that point for generations. Yeah. Movies have made, you know, all great movies have made that point for generations. And I thought the way that it was balanced was really clever. And I think you're bang on. You see in this movie what you want to see. Yeah, absolutely. And Disney, Disney have gone out and they've said this isn't an LGBT, um, LGBTQ um, movie. This is 
I'm getting that wrong. LG, LGBT but they're not saying plus plus movie um, on Disney Plus, but it's not. But it's not. Uh, it's not. It's not designed to be that movie. But some of the intrinsic dialogue, as I say, in a very specific point in the movie, I picked up on it. I don't know if you did too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that's just one of one of the themes mm. in the movie, and I do have the other one as well, to, to which put, I thought was interesting. To, to, put, to put a big kind of banner on it fish out of water <laughs> yeah yeah you know I mean? you know I mean? yeah like yes that's a bit on the nose they are literal fish out of water and, yeah uh, in this kind of like alien environment and stuff like that but i think that's very much the the, the surface level mm. of, of mm. what's going on because as you say you do then get the kind of societal prejudices yeah yeah, um, yeah. of that and how everyone sort of like overcomes it at the yeah, end. yeah, or not overcomes it, but it's definitely challenged by the by the larger community and the larger cast by the end of the movie, which is really nice, which is really really nice to see. But I was genuinely much more taken by the the personal journey of like who Luca as a, as a character is. Mm, mm. I read somewhere that he had the largest eye to head ratio because he was just constantly taking in information. Yeah. He was just always on receive just throughout wonder, the whole movie. Wonder, yeah, 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 yeah. All yeah. the time, all the time. And because it, it did start as a fish out of water story and it could have just been about a you know, fish monster, a sea sea monster having an adventure in a hu- in a human town with his best mate and mm. yada yada but they chose mm. to make it make his story much more interesting in that it's the story of a young boy finding his direction in life because mm. mm. he wants his, to go to school at yeah, the end and he finding wants to learn his place yeah. in the whole world and and when Oh, what's the name of the human girl? I can't remember. I can't remember. I feel, yeah, name. yeah, I, I know. But yeah. she she show, shows him the telescope mm-hmm. and explains about the solar system, and he mm-hmm. and his mind is blown. And mm-hmm. the, is it Julia? 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Julia. And the and the track that accompanies it, which is literally telescope, is yes. so full of wonder, and it yeah. and it, and it drives up and it drives and it builds and builds and builds and builds and builds. And builds as she's explaining more of the universe that um you know thousands of planets you know planets in a solar system solar systems in a galaxy galaxies in a universe and he's just like oh my god where can i learn about this Mm, and mm. and you know culminating in that moment in the track and also in the movie where she she gives him the book and says this is that magnificent line like the universe is literally yours that you can do it's very you can do whatever you want want, whatever you want you can just find your own way in life and then it really changed the relationship between uh him and alberto as well because alberto was i think at his heart uh a home a homegrown kind of guy Mm, but mm. obviously with a lot of his own kind of like trauma and you know find his a big fish in a small pond Kind of, yeah, but he wasn't. But he wanted to <laughs> stay wee. the stay the big fish. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's quite happy yeah. being that another wee uh, fish reference. Yeah, yeah. Alex. very good. Yeah, good. no, no, it didn't escape me. You're very good. It was um, it was very edutainment, wasn't it? A large part of this, but I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't feel pat. It wasn't patronising. Do you know what I was thinking? I mean, I don't have any kids at the moment, but this is one of these movies, and do I know, don't often I do did. this. 
<laughs> but one day when I have children, no, well, not they, they won't find me, Alex. That's right, fine. Okay, cool. I keep moving every couple of years. They won't yeah. track me down. Um, they're expensive. They are expensive. But one day when I actually have kids and I want the kids, as opposed to trying to run away from them and yeah. you know, like leave them in sort of yeah, not like the ones you, don't, like you didn't. Not like the ones. That's what I'm saying. I don't yeah, want. Yeah, but yeah. I don't want them. I've literally looked. Alex is so bad because I've looked these ch- young children in the eye and been like, "Stop! I don't want you." Oh, and they don't. But they don't get it, Alex. Oh, it's not man. my fault that they don't understand. That's horrible. That's so horrible. <laughs> I would, when I, you know, one day when I have kids, I would, this is one of these movies that I would love to show to them because it was, and I don't often make mental notes for little like standalone movies or Pixar. Obviously Pixar is, is, is ones off. And there's some Pixar's I'd be like, yeah, definitely watch these. And then there's some, they're like, what about Cars 2? I'm like, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> but like, this is one. I'd be like, what about this one? I'd be like, no, definitely watch that. Yeah. Definitely watch it. Get them when they're young. Like this is a very pre-Pixar movie. Like I think this is one of the the younger Pixar movies. Yeah, I'd say would so. you say? Um, which is nice. What's what's the one? What's the what Pixar? Here's a question for you then. What is the move Pixar movie you would show to the youngest audience members? I, I think this one goes right up there. To be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's. I think the style is very. The good very, dinosaur very, very as well. Palatable. I don't know. The good dinosaur is a lot of drugs in it, isn't there? Aye, yeah. It's a bit train spottingy. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit. Yeah. It's a bit, no, a of, uh, no. The good. The good dinosaur. A lot of is, Jurassic Park. You've seen the good dinosaur, right? Yeah, we've done this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we have done. It's all right. Have, yeah, it was yeah, all right. Done, yeah, but I, I do think it's a little bit of a tech demo. Yeah, yeah, I do think it's a little bit of a tech demo, and I, I don't, I, I don't know how much. I'd have to watch it again to be fair, but I don't know how much young children's entertainment there is in it. To mm. be honest, I think Monsters Inc. is one, mm, mm. I th- because it's just so visually interesting, and the story is very easy to track as mm. well, and and it's one that you can grow with as well. I think mm. Monsters Inc. is an early one. I'd say Luca is mm-hmm. is an early one. Uh, a Bug's Life is an early one yeah. i'd say oh i don't know i think kevin spate we've got we've got predator in that movie so you know that's a that's a that's a bad one to oh, show yeah because we're never allowed to watch any kevin spacey movies and I, I, this, he, yeah. hopper is terrifying in that oh, movie yeah, alex is. hopper yeah, you cannot show that to young children you, that that scared me as a young boy um up up surely one you could show to young audiences Coco, Coco, Coco's a bit up. I would uh, up. I would want to be fairly sure that my that my kids had somewhat of an understanding of life and death Mm. (laughs) before watching up because that because that intro. That intro is no. Okay, dear. Find okay. Here you then. Finding Nemo. Surely that's the one that you can show. Finding Nemo. I mean, this starts a bit sad, but surely you can. Surely you can show. Man, still though, the little the, the the little one at the back onward. Oh, that got yeah, me. Yeah, that. Yeah, you were a big oh. fan of that, weren't you? Oh my goodness, I can't. That one, that one, Coco and, and Wally. Quite, those been, three. We've been quite lucky with the Pixar movies of late, haven't oh, we? Oh, we have. Yeah, we have. You, yeah, yeah, we have. The last little theme that I just wanted to touch on was Alberto's dad. What was your thoughts on that? Well, because they didn't really go into it that much. I mean, all we got was his dad basically didn't want him around said no you're old enough to go out and fend for yourself now yeah do you think there was any subtle themes in in that at all that that, that was that was present i or? think it, it, it explained a lot of why alberto was 
the way yeah, he the way was, he was the way he was. Sure. And that he sort of kind of resented it a little bit, but was kind of powerless to do anything mm. about it. But I, but I feel like anything more than that would have distracted from a, yeah. from, a, from a lot of the look because it was Luca centric. Like the the movie's sure, called sure. Luca, and the movie set out to be Luca centric. Like yeah. this is the point of view of Luca. This is the journey he goes through. Um, and I don't, I don't really feel that there's a need to completely flesh out every single other as much as we might want it because we we look for that kind of depth in these quality of movies but you know they have a certain runtime mm. and you kind of have to pick and choose your battles i just thought it was it would have been fine without yeah i exactly i just thought it would have been fine without i think it conflated it a little bit i was almost waiting for a payout that kind of didn't happen with that oh, that's one that's interesting i kind of it t- took it in in that one scene where it was kind of explored a little bit i i, I took it for what it was enjoyed it and then kind of didn't didn't forget about it, but I didn't really feel myself wanting more, to be honest. Mm. Maybe just me. Um, no, lovely movie. Yeah, genuinely, genuinely lovely movie. Lovely score. Yeah. Do you know? Do you, do you know they originally wanted Ennio Morricone to do it? Did they really? They did, yeah. But they couldn't. They couldn't get him. Oh. Oh wow. So that has changed. That's a really interesting fact. I'll let, I'll let that marinate in you because I know how much you love. Uh, any Morricone. So I think he's one of the best. Been. Well, I think he's just with the. I mean, these. So, thumbs up then. Uh, definitely two for me. I know. Yeah, I know. I, I sort of. Two. I, I know. I sort of raised the question at the beginning about how much material is there actually in this yep. score. But as I kind of said back then as well, I think it's very well used in a lot of very very different ways. And at yeah. the end of the day, as, as even though the instru- instrumentation was very much. Uh, italian very quintessentially italian it was constructed in a very kind of like minimalism way and minimalism being where you have a small number of ideas and then you develop them by like compounding them and putting them together and yeah and you really got that in a lot of like the kind of like italian food the pizzicato string tracks yeah for for example they just sort of like build up layer after layer after yeah yeah and to build something much much bigger than itself which is what minimalism is and i really really appreciated it for that so it's two thumbs up for me as well Moving forward, yeah, let's do it. Now we uh, we're having we're starting with Loki because we were getting some emails last week that we didn't start with Loki and moving forward last week. Yeah, they were livid. So, so we're gonna start with moving. We're gonna start with Loki this week and talk about episode four. First yeah. off, the bat. Yeah, shows shows the attention span, doesn't it, of the of the fans? I know, right? <laughs> but they just yeah, come to move forward for Loki. They just come <laughs> for that. Um, what did you think of it? I, I mean, for a start way better than last week i'd say really yeah way better than last I mean, it was a week. bit of a bottle episode last week wasn't it was it? a bit of a bottle episode but also maybe a part one of two sort of thing oh, um yeah yeah in yeah. that i really felt that this week's episode was 
the continuation of that episode. It's yeah, like they were. It was like it was split in two. Really, that's, that's kind a, of, that's a, that's a really good point. That's a really good point. That's, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And so that's why I feel like I felt maybe a little bit shortchanged last week, just because it was part one. of, yeah. a, of a bigger yeah, story. Yeah, sure, sure. And I loved the big twist mm. at the end. Yes, which was dun dun dun. The timekeepers are just androids. Yeah. Oh, I thought there was Puppets. an even bigger twist. They're not actually dying where they're when they're being. Oh yeah, there's that the one. There, yeah. there, there's that one as well. But the timekeepers not being because I was reminded um, of right at the beginning of the series when you were like the timekeepers are the bad guys, the timekeepers are the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, okay, if the timekeepers are the bad guys, that's that's then a twist, and it's a twist that Calm was right about. And that he correctly predicted. What I didn't expect was a twist that nobody predicted. Because how they could were, you? They were androids, yeah, of course. How, how yeah. could you? Because now the question is, well, who's controlling the androids? Yeah, yeah. Or is it still the timekeepers and they weren't actually the timekeepers and the timekeepers are somewhere else and they were just android versions I still of think I mean I I've I've still got my theory as to I'll come I'll circle back around to that cuz I still have my theory of who that is Alex what did you think about being in Asgard again I liked it it was good. it was lovely wasn't it just it was, to have a little it uh... was really really nice it made it so much more tragic because it really really explained variants and mm what a variant is and the consequences of it in much more detail and it had much more like dramatic effect of what that meant because sylvie's existence was a variant and i was a bit confused by this because i was like right if there's if there's like one timeline how can there be like a female loki because it was almost before this episode they were almost making out that she became a variant because she did a thing at some point to mess to mess with the timeline but i was like but if there's one timeline then surely there's only going to be one loki and i'm like no 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 she she's the variant because she was born a girl and she was never supposed to be but it didn't affect the timeline until she was old enough at a a certain point she was old enough that it became irreversible which is obviously when they took her and that was tragic that was a tragic plot point to me yeah yeah it really, do you know really the, was. that's the and that's the second time that we we girls been taken away from our parents because do you know the wee girl that played young sylvie also plays uh ray in um in the force awakens the young oh is that her <laughs> yeah yeah oh yeah. right okay yeah. i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure i've seen it somewhere um could be wrong Fair i haven't played haven't that um one other, there's a piece of dialogue. I think the dialogues in this stuff have been amazing. There was the there was the amazing piece of dialogue in the first episode that Owen Wilson said to Tom Hiddleston, which was, you know, the point of a Loki is to make everyone else look good, yeah. um, which I loved. And that's, you know, the point. there was a lovely piece of dialogue in this, which was, um, is what makes a Loki a Loki is that we're destined to lose. That's yeah. what makes us Lokis. And I thought, again, I love these just like, I think that's such a beautiful existential question. And I think Tom Hiddleston and the journey he's going on in this is like no other journey we've seen anyone go on apart from one, and that's Thor. And I think the journey that Thor's went on throughout the whole uh, original Avengers movies is almost similar to this, that just utterly existential, just the bottom keeps falling out. The bottom keeps falling out. Yeah, absolutely. But then the rebuttal to that, which I really, really enjoyed, was that, yes, we may lose, but what makes a Loki is a Loki is that we survive. Mm. 
Mm, yeah, and then we yeah. get up and we try again with uh, you know as much kind of commitment and vigor. And I and I really really like that. I think that is a central point to the character of Loki. Yeah, very very rightly that maybe it has not been commented on previously in the franchise. Just what did you think about the return of Jamie Alexander as Sif? Sif. The time the time loop Sif. I thought that was really quite funny. It, I mean it was it, it was a great scene because it was you know, it's just really funny to it, it's it's an objectively funny thing to have a time loop where this you know this really really this hench, warrior just hench, comes powerful in yeah. warrior just comes in and just knees him in the nuts over and over yeah, and over yeah, again. Yeah, punches him uh, in the face. That's objectively yeah. funny. But yeah. the, the fact that they, they inserted the dialogue that really cut through him, like, you will be alone forever. Yeah, like, Every yeah. single time. Just having that was like, oh my God, that's tragic. Yeah, definitely, that, like, definitely. Having that kind of, like, emotional resonance at the same time as the slapstick was brilliant and yeah. really, really good. Yeah, Loved no, t- 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 totally. And what do you think about the fact that, I mean, pretty much, and we talked about it at the start, the TVA is kind of a big scam. They're all variants. They've all been taken out. I mean, it makes sense, the whole water ski kind of subplot line. We're going to see him on a water ski at the end, surely, <laughs> somewhere, aren't we? We're going to see him get <laughs> well, his water it's interesting. Maybe he was, like, taken out of a point in history in the 80s or something like this. He was this, or the 70s. He was this guy who was just cutting about Miami. Like, that's what I think of him. Yeah, you know, when maybe. you see Owen Wilson, that's what I think he was doing. It is interesting because I was a little bit disappointed by that big reveal at the at the end, which was a post-credit sequence, the first post-credit sequence that we've had in oh i've got a few notes on this too yeah yeah, it's the first post-credit sequence we've had in this series so far and i was a little bit disappointed by this reveal because i feel like the show made a big risk in effectively killing and deleting first owen wilson and then loki yeah uh what morbius let's call him morbius, morbius. Yeah, call him. yeah he's not owen yeah. wilson Mo- and, Mo- is it Mobius? Not Morbius. Morbius is the oh, vampire. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they're close. <laughs> Give me a break, Jesus. Mobius, Mobius yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mobius gets deleted, and I genuinely thought that was the end of them. Yeah, me too. I me genuinely too. thought that was the end of he them. He served his purpose. And and it, the, the unser- I'm a big fan of like unceremonious, important character deaths. Oh, yeah, just yeah. Disappearing, kind of yeah. Game of Thrones style. Oh, yeah. And I, I felt that it was really powerful to, let's call it Game of Thronesing. Yeah, totally. I, I thought it was really powerful that he got Game of Thronesed. And then, I'll he be honest, he got Game of Thronesed. And then I was a little bit disappointed that, one, Loki got the same treatment in the first episode at, yeah. the, at the end, even though that in itself was a very good dramatic like moment i was a bit disappointed that the same thing happened because it kind of spoiled mobius's kind of return yeah oh yeah yeah yeah, and he's yeah 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 and then in the same episode as a post-credit sequence to be fair but still in the same kind of watching it was debunked and they're not really dead anyway yeah i I just feel like I, i i would have liked to salivate in the what the fuckness of it yeah yeah for yeah, a, yeah for a week i feel like definitely that's, i feel like th- th- that was prime territory to like really let us kind of absorb that and enjoy the drama of it but they kind of just t- took it away and I-, I didn't really appreciate it although what i did appreciate was richard e grant that's what I did appreciate. Oh, I'll get to that in just a, I've just said because I know exactly who what you're going to say. But so, did you have to have the subtitles on when the timekeepers were talking? 
because I didn't understand a fucking word they said. I had to put the subtitles on. I didn't. I didn't, but I did rewind it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's it wasn't clear. I thought the um the 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 fight sequence in the the throne room reminded me a little bit of Last Jedi as well. Sorry, there was a few little Star Wars things that remind me of Star Wars this week. That you know how they've got the fight sequence between the two you know, the, the Ray and the, the, the Kylo Ren characters. He even had long hair, long black hair. Yep. And she was played by Ray when she was younger. And at the end, there was uh, there was the throne room. Someone was cut in half at the throne room where the head was cut off. I thought that was quite Last Jedi-esque, that whole yeah. sequence at the end. That's no, what I was... Yeah, that was the vibes I was getting. You are not wrong. Um, and when they said, who runs the TVA? So back to your point, I was in my head before we'd seen Richard E. Grant, I was like, well, we know Richard E. Grant's in this. They've just asked the question, who runs the TVA? It's got to be him. There's got to be a new character coming in. Right. But then we saw him in the post credit scene. So to answer your first question I said I'd come back to, I do still think it's Kang the Conqueror. I do right. still think it's Kang as one of the timekeepers. Or, and you said, is it the timekeepers that actually are controlling the androids? I do still think it's Kang right. as some sort of manipulation controller time. Because you can't deny they've been going through time. You know, whether they're variants or not, they have they had the ability to go through to different parts of history. Yeah. So there's got to be somebody large and powerful that's providing that. And I think it's Kang. Yeah. I think it's Kang the Conqueror. Well, we'll, we'll find out. And the other piece to shortly. say was Richard E. Grant was in the post credit scene. He was as classic Loki, if you looked on the the, yeah. the, 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 the credits at the end. And if you that that's a reference to the comics. So Loki was in that yellow and green outfit that yeah. was hideous. Did you also see the alligator as well? I did, yes. The, the, so that's that's a that's a version of Loki. A Loki, I'd imagine it's some because you know how there was Thor or Throg. There was Thor Frog in the comics. I don't know if you've ever heard about it. Oh, was this. it Throg? I, I know I, I well, I, no, didn't, no, no. I didn't look it up, but I knew well, there, there was a Thor. There is a character called Throg, which oh, is right. Thor Throg. Okay. Um, in the comics. Well, now, I when I saw that. an alligator Loki, I was like, are we going to get a Throg down the line? I think that's <laughs> going to come in Love and Thunder. I genuinely think we're going to get one. Well, no, I liked um, that he'd basically landed in a, in a land where there was lots of alternate Lokis and, can and I, alternate Thors as well. Well, I don't think he was. I think that other guy was a variant Loki. There was like a, he's like an evil Loki who was like a, a version of Thor who stole it. Because there was a version of Loki that, that, that lifted Mjolnir. So oh, I think okay, that's I who it is. I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. they're all Lokis. I do okay, think they're fine, all Lokis. Fine, fine. Um, where do you think they've been transported to, Alex? Who knows? It's New York. It's New York crumbled and indestructible. And I, my theory is that it is the New York that where Loki won to where oh, Loki won in Avengers. Okay. So that's my theory. Because you could see Stark Tower just in the background a little bit. Ah, yeah. I didn't, didn't spot that. So that is my God, theory. I but no, I can just imagine you freeze-framed and nose <laughs> pressed up against the television. I'm a nerd. Morsel, I'm a nerd. Morsels I, out there. I love it. I love this shit. I love it. Anyway, so that's my theory. But no, good. Great episode. Looking forward to... to there's two more, isn't there? It's, oh, no, it's mid-season. It... it, it I saw. I saw. Uh, Are we only mid-season? Yeah, I saw. Fantastic. Uh, I saw a Marvel trailer that was promoing this this episode four as the mid mid-season finale. There's only of, six. No, but there's only six episodes. There's only six. Yeah. Oh, I'm so wrong about that. They did say mid-season though. 
Maybe they lost. Maybe they uh, last week was the mid. <laughs> maybe they did forget to count. Maybe they did. Um, Alex, we've had some interesting trailers come out this week, and there right. was a nice horror movie trailer that was dropped onto our laps. Of course, the new Candyman trailer. It was a long trailer, and a lot of people die in this trailer. Yes. And the word Candyman gets said a lot. Have you ever seen the original Candyman movie? Do you know what the Candyman is about? Oh, uh, it's, it's, it's the one where you say his name a bunch of times, and then he comes yeah. and kills you, and it's and it's. So it's kind of derivative of bloody mary yeah just don't say his name just don't just don't do it you're right yeah honestly just don't do it look i'm not a superstitious person i don't believe in the i don't believe in the occult or any of this paranormal shit right yeah yeah I'm still yeah. not going to say his name five times. Why tempt fate? Why tempt it? Why do That's it? That's really fun. I like no, that. No, but why do it? Why do it? What do I do? I'm going to do it now. I've got a mirror here. You see this mirror? What right. do I have to say? See the mirror? Yeah, yeah. You know what That's you just That's not my twin. What do I say? Can, how many times do I say it? Five. Candyman, 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 Candyman. Right. Yeah, nothing happened. Okay. So anyway, as I was... Who's that? Uh, I know. <laughs> So that was the death of Callum. Um, the show will be continuing with just no, me it's fine. as just, its solo just, host, which is what we all wanted anyway. I just stood on a plug. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> the real curse of the Candyman <laughs> music. Through. Look, I like these movies. I like the originals because they were terrifying when I was younger. Um, I thought they were quite spooky. It was a man with hooks on his hands and hooks have terrified me since Final Destination 2. If you know, you know. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I love a good... I, lo- I just think horror movies right out, now are doing well. I love finding out more about your little things. You know, hooks and knees. Hooks and, hooks knees. and knees. What happens no. if you get both hooks and knees at the same well, time? Well, it's, it's interesting. I watched a new horror movie on Amazon, which I would recommend to everyone. It's a really scary one called Suspiria, which has got right. Tilda Swinton. It's the one where Tilda Swinton play, uh, plays the old man. I don't know if you've heard about this. Where she dress, she puts old man makeup on and, and plays the part of an old she's nuts. Right. You know she was born she she's she, I think she's Scottish as well. Yeah. Or she was I think she's born in England but raised in Scotland or something. She's something nutcase. Like that, yeah. And she was in the Dead Don't Die with a Scottish accent and a samurai sword. I've watched a lot Brilliant. of movies this last couple Love of weeks. <laughs> Just random stuff until this Swindon. But uh, and the point was that in some point in Suspiria, there's a woman who um, gets hooks into her knees or in her body really? it's pretty yeah yeah it's pretty graphic we had to we had to actually turn it off maddie was like no i'm not in for this no, I'm not none of this that. please no, no more that. no and more of this and you're like oh god thank, thank god she did it so i don't have to <laughs> <laughs> look, yeah i've got to look my, i'm like vomiting and crying yeah. at the same time uh there was another trailer that came in i know you haven't seen this trailer but i do want to talk about this for a hot second and i right. want you to watch it called voyagers and basically, it tells the story of a series of, of clones that are born. They're put onto a spaceship. They're sent up to a space station. And they're told to conform and to live a normal life. And Colin Farrell is the scientist overlooking all of these children. And they're growing up. And they become teenagers. And every single day in the trailer, they go up, they step up to the food plate, and they drink a glass of blue. A nice big glass of blue. Love it. However... Is it set in the Star Wars universe? Set in the Star Wars. A big cup of blue milk. No, this yeah. this looks more like, like fruity blue as opposed oh, to like lactose uh, blue. Okay. Yeah. So basically... <laughs> That's such a good description. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So basically, they walk up and they drink the fruity blue. Yeah. And one of them one day says, well, what if I don't drink this? Anyway, it turns out that the blue juice was a hormone suppressor. And when Ooh. a few of them stopped drinking it, all of them stopped drinking it. And when they stop drinking the Kool-Aid, they stop drinking this stuff. 
what happens is slowly they all start to let their, you know, their young teenagers all trapped in a spaceship together. They're going to let their emotions run wild. And they it turns shagging, into... don't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. It turns into some sort of Lord of the Flies orgy looking thing. It looks nuts, man. I like it. It's a cool concept. And it's like, it, it very much has that Lord of the Flies in space kind of vibe because it's like they were all in a trance and then they kind of wake up to their surroundings. And from what I've seen the films about, you know, Colin Farrell trying to protect himself because he's the scientist who was almost enforcing them to drink this stuff. Man, it looks good. I'm really Ooh, excited for this I'm, movie. I'm going to go watch that trailer after we finish go watch, go watch, Go watch the trailer. It looks really great. One other interesting piece of news, Alex, and I wondered when this... It was, it was only a matter of time before one of the major studios made a TV series or a film about another book series similar to Game of Thrones, and that is, of course, Wheel of Time. Oh, I thought you were going to say Clifford the Big, Big Red Dog. No, Clifford the Big Red Dog. And that is, of course, Clifford the Big Red Dog. I was going to do Wheel of Time first, because Wheel of Time, there's not a huge... Have you read the Wheel of Time books? I've not, no. You know the Wheel of Time books, though? I, I don't, know. <laughs> You've never heard of these? So, I've I mean, not, I've never... Actually, no. Well, I, it, I had a mate who, um, who listened to the show, I'm shouting, but he, he reads these books, and loves these books and I said for a long time whilst we're watching Game of Thrones he's like I love Game of Thrones don't get me wrong but it's the story is nowhere near as good as Wheel of Time and it's a large large Tolkien and thought like not anthology just like massive expanding universe series um yeah, I'm really excited. So Amazon have basically they've they've done a logo <laughs> announcement, and the second series has already been green lit. The first series oh. is being released later this year, so that is one to watch for. I think that's going to be a large one for you. Nice. And then you can talk about your bloody Clifford the Red Red Dog. <laughs> I, I don't have much to say about it other than how bloody jarring is it to hear an American accent come out of Jack Whitehall's mouth? <gasps> was it American? I thought it Did was Irish. Not? No, it's American. And oh, it's wow. wrong in it is so wrong. many ways. And and I don't and I don't want to be misquoted here. I am not saying that Jack Whitehall does a bad American accent. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because I think I feel in the movie, you might it might be a good it might objectively be a good American accent. Yeah. But for those of us who have grown up with Jack Jack Whitehall, to hear that come out of his mouth is yeah scientifically wrong yeah it's yeah, yeah, incorrect totally. it doesn't matter it's not a comment on his skills as an actor it's just plain wrong and it mm. freaked me out and made me very uncomfortable <laughs> and how big do you red feel dog about was that fine. <laughs> big yeah, the big red dog that wasn't a problem that wasn't pushing out your comfort zone absolutely not um i hope they, they do, do i hope they do a sort of version of the theme song from the tv show you know yeah. The big red dog. Yeah, they've got to do. I love Clifford, the big red dog. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you reckon he takes great big red? You know, <laughs> clean, red cleaning, shirts. cleaning those things. No, up. I think they're green. Not in the. Oh god, he's been eating well, hasn't he? <laughs> Lots god. of it. Yum 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 yum. You ever take a green? You remember when you were younger, you used to take green ones now and again. You were just like, what is that? Leaks. An asparagus. No, I wasn't. I wasn't kept on the. I, I wasn't kept on the jars the of ba- jars of baby food for so long. So I don't remember that. Calm. No, that wasn't j- the baby food. No, baby baby food makes it yellow. <laughs> baby food at McDonald's make it yellow. Oh God. <laughs> what We're really, it red? really circling the drain. Probably internal point. problems is what makes it red. <laughs> right. Should we wrap this shit up? 
<laughs> what do they have to do now? Right. Get oh, I was going to do the other trailer, but I've not seen the other trailer. Oh, the yeah, Red no, Sky well, trailer. Did well, you see it? it? Have you watched it? No, it sounds like a great thing to bring to moving forward, something that nothing, none of us have seen. So let's, <laughs> let's, 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 let's just not It's about do vampires that. on a plane. I'm going to watch it. Oh, no, I did watch that. It looks Oh, you did watch it. It looks absolutely, it looks ridiculous. It looks absolutely ridiculous. I don't know if I want to see, I don't know if I want to see it or not. Okay, fine. What do they have to do now? Fucking hell. Right, they've got to go <laughs> onto the Apple Podcasts app. Find us on there. Listen to us there. Give us a cheeky little five-star rating. Must be cheeky. Must be. Must, must be. be cheeky. And Otherwise, I'll fight you at your house. Yeah, brilliant. Or turn into a vampire and meet you on a plane. And you can also leave us a review there. If you don't want to yeah. review us, you can tell us your favorite movie, your favorite movie soundtrack. We love to see, read, and hear all of it. You can also find mm-hmm. us on loads of other platforms that you like to listen to your podcasts on. And yep. if you want to get more directly in touch with the show, we have an email address as well. We do. Motionspod at gmail.com where you can leave some lovely reviews and some lovely comments, much like uh, uh, James did. James put a lovely review in here saying, I love the show. I've especially loved the video elements of it, which I didn't know we were doing a video element. I just hope that Alex can turn his webcam off um, after he's finished recording. So, some of the things that I've seen. Oh, God, this is a really descriptive email about what the stuff he's seen. (laughs) Oh, my God, he's put some screenshots in, too. Okay, now look at the state of you there. Okay. Yeah, I know. Drunk in Hyde Park and swimming in serpentine, am I right? We're also also (laughs) on the gram. Yeah, exactly. We're also on the gram. What a video that was. My God. Legendary. It's just amazing. The the, the tube one with the kill. Oh, speaking of which, it's on today. It's coming back home, Alex. It's coming home later today. (laughs) And the Lions start today. God, you're going to be in for it. Thank God you've omitted rugby chat. Uh, We're also on the gram. We're starting conversations, not finishing them, but probably going to put some rude comments and stuff in them throughout, which is always a fun thing. Yeah, which is what it's for. to say there um next week we don't know yet do Ooh, we yeah off air as usual off air as you're nice yeah business as it, usual we're nothing just if to not know, consistent i was gonna say yeah exactly it's not because we're not planning it's definitely not that we know yeah. we just don't want to release it isn't yeah. that right Alex? And, and, and this is a we bit, know this is the bit where that we do where, where yeah it's where just we, an easy bit yeah. and go oh we don't know what we're doing to, 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 it's a yeah. bit we're riffing <laughs> it's fucking Thank comedy you. mate <laughs> you love it you just wouldn't get it it's because you're not smart enough yeah it? that's the problem take what you take be happy with it if i say again it will be better okay let's stay jesus christ i have to speak to you after this (laughs) i'll speak to you again next week all right everyone bye now all right guys ta-ta